The following program contains comic mischief commonly found in PG-rated family-friendly films. It does not necessarily represent the values of this station. The following episode of Magi and the Quest for Christmas contains traffic sounds such as honking horns and sirens. These may disorient listeners who are driving, so please be mindful of your surroundings and enjoy. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. That's M-A-G-I podcast.com. Previously on the show, the three Magi began to explore the snowy landscape of the future and found themselves pursued by security at a shopping mall. Chapter 4, The Star of Bethlehem. The three magi sprint down one of the mall concourses. Casper is still holding the infant. They're being pursued by two guards on segways. They circle the food court. A bunch of people dive to get out of their way, and there are french fries everywhere. Uh, by the way, are, are we getting food in here soon? No? You know, we, we should order something, though. We've got Chinese that's out of this or any other world. Anyway. Stop and return the infant at once. Let's split up. Whatever you do, don't let them get that baby. Mel spots a kid who's about to get on one of those miniature cars at the mall. Little child, I, I need your chariot. Oh, it's mine! Material attachments lead only to pathological dissatisfaction and a selfish disposition. Now give me... Casper, who's still carrying the baby, has just run straight into the ice of the indoor skating rink. He bends his knees and gets low, traveling in a perfect breakaway to the center of the ice. The mall cop in pursuit tries to stop his segue, but he's too late. The vehicle has rolled over the edge and onto the ice as well. Meanwhile, on the upper level, Baz has dived into a construction area with two guards in pursuit. They think they've got her cornered, but she bounds up a scaffold and vaults over a plywood wall. And now she really is trapped. There's nothing in front of her but a pit where they've demolished part of the mall. But there's a beam going across, and then it looks like she's going to attempt it, crossing it like a tightrope. Now, where's Casper? Out of the way! Right. A hockey player on a near-collision course with Casper just narrowly misses him, but Casper catches his jersey with his free hand. The two of them are spinning, and the baby spinning, spinning, spinning. Whoa. I'm just, oh, I'm dizzy just watching. Okay, Casper lets go, and he and the baby whisk safely to the other side of the rink. This, this baby stuff is stressful. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. Okay, back to Bass. A couple of guards knock down the plywood wall. They're both coming at her from either side of this beam she's trying to cross. She looks for a way out, but, but there's nothing to be found. She's trapped. Wait, there, there's a rope overhead, but she just can't reach it. Oh, watch this. Wait, I keep forgetting you guys can't watch this. Yes, she just jumped at one of the guards and used his his chest as a springboard, propelling herself towards the rope and using it to swing over the other guard's head. She's free and clear. You guys good? Yeah. Yeah, we're okay. That was pretty cool. Casper barrels down the mall concourse, baby in tow, and the same Segway cop giving chase. Bass scrambles up beside him so that they're now fleeing together. Finally! Is the baby messiah alright? He's more than alright, giggling and cooing, and 
Now that you ask, I think maybe Pooh. Don't finish that one. Behind them, the two Segway guards share a high five and whiz on in pursuit. Hey, hey guys, up here, hello. Looking up, Baz and Casper spot John running in the same direction, but on a higher level. Angel Man, we found the baby. No, no, that's the wrong baby. Yeah, we found the baby. Casper holds up the baby for John to see. That's the wrong. John doesn't see a pile of oversized Christmas display boxes and plows into them. Baz and Casper run into another one of the plazas where the concourses converge. Mel dismounts a kitty train and stumbles a bit to match pace with Baz and Casper. They're running together now. All right, you two. I was trying to say, don't just grab the first baby you see. Wait, this isn't the savior? Ahead of the Magi, blocking their path, there's a wall of mall cops, tasers drawn. They've reached the proverbial end of the line, with nowhere else to run. Then stepping in front of the mall cops and looking fierce as a rhino, the baby's mum crosses her arms and glares at Casper. He skids to a stop in front of her. I thought your son was the messiah of song. Turns out I was more than a tiny bit wrong. What in the world are you talking about? Of course he's not the messiah. He's a very sleepy boy. Infant is clear. Open fire. Ten four. Holy <laughs> Magi and the Quest for Christmas will return after these messages. Hey everybody, it is Seth, the DM for Cheaper by the Dungeon, and we are a D&D 5th edition podcast. Uh, our whole deal for our campaign currently is kind of treasure hunter themed. Uh, the players Normandy, Zippy, and Darian are looking for a grand treasure, but at the same time they'll probably screw it up and do whatever they want and become like farmers or something. Uh, either way, it'll be a fun time. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, which is like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, any other ones I'm missing, which is probably a lot. But anyways, we just like to have fun, hang out, and uh, screw up my DMing and plans. So, so if you like that, tune in. Uh, we release every kind of other Tuesday. So hopefully uh, come in and check our show out. Thanks, everybody. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. <gasps> Baz jolts awake, handcuffed to a chair. Mel is seated to her right and Casper to her left, but they're both already awake. No wallets? No ID? No names? I told you. Balthazar, Melkwire, Casper. He means real names, wise guy. <sighs> That's wise man. Yeah, yeah. Listen, okay? We get all the craziest mishaps on Christmas Eve. You name it, we seen it. But you three characters, yeah, this is new. Probably part of a local show or something. You know, at the megachurch. Well, the costumes ain't bad. I'll give you that. Boss, someone to see you? Yeah, who is it? Can we go? Ah, shut up. Who is it? Says he's from downtown. Downtown? Oh, we're downtown. What's downtown supposed to mean, huh? Okay, this is Rich. Here comes John wearing a trench coat over his Time Division uniform with a toothpick in his mouth. Detective John Brash from, uh... Downtown, uh, special, uh, Christmas unit. I, I see you found my fugitives. The way this room is laid out, John can see the back of the Magi's heads through a window, but they can't see him. Excuse me, Christmas unit? You kidding me? Easy, Tiger. Let the big boys handle this one, okay? Yeah, well, I'm... I'm a big boy. Where are we, anyway? Some kind of cosmic prison, obviously. 
We are to be tried and executed for following another one of your half-brained schemes. Just relax, okay? There's always a way. <sighs> it is no use. These tiny bonds are locked tight. Baz thinks for a second and leans her head over towards Casper. The pin in my hair. Grab it. Come on, hurry up. Downtown does appreciate your help. Uh, accommodations to your guys and all that. Uh, but I've got the mayor breathing down my neck, so if you uh, just give me the keys to those handcuffs, I'll take these hooligans down to the slammer where they belong. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't got your own handcuff keys. Just give me the key, son, before this gets ugly. Hey, you threatening me, pal? Yeah, Captain, uh, don't freak out, but, uh, you know, the perps... They're gone. Huh? What? Peering through the window, John and the mall cops discover that the Magi have disappeared. Oh, this is just great. Hey, you'll, you'll be hearing from downtown, Buster. John takes off running. How are you going to write this one up? Who, me? Emerging from a rooftop access bulkhead onto the mall's snow-covered roof, the three magi are met by a wild squall of snow and wind. Buzz, if that baby wasn't the messiah, then where is he? All I know is, we gotta get out of here. Now. This is certifiably insane what you are doing. You said your angel boyfriend is inside. Let's talk to There's him. There's no time. And he's not my boyfriend. The local law enforcement are on our tail. We failed our mission. We're destined for jail. Look, I don't get it either. Maybe we misread the stars. I have never misread. Maybe we did. Easy to find he should have been. Oh, where'd we go wrong? What does it mean? Look, every time we don't find him, we're one step closer to where he is. Baz sees something in the distance that makes her grin. There they are! The Magi spot a squad of guards scrambling up out of the roof access bulkhead. Come on, guys. I got an idea. Hey, you're under arrest. Baz removes her outside robe, hops up on the roof ledge, and swings her robe around a power line that runs adjacent to the roof. Just don't look down. The Magi soar triumphantly over the full parking lot, courtesy of their makeshift zip line. Oh, one of the guards grabbed onto Mel's legs, so he's along for the ride, too. Not quite sure what his plan was. A toddler buckled into the back of a minivan watches curiously as the Magi zip through the air. Sweetheart, mommy's driving. The guard holding Mel's legs falls safely into a snowbank, making the toddler smile. Baz lets herself drop down into the snowbank, and Mel and Casper follow. Their heads pop out of the snow, and Baz quickly finds what she's looking for in the parking lot. Where are you taking us? I'm following a sign. What sign? Where? There! There, on the side of that horseless wagon. And there it is. Dozens of people are boarding a massive commercial bus wearing a bus wrap that reads The Star of Bethlehem, the musical. The Star of Bethlehem, come on! And with that, the three magi mix into the group of people boarding the bus. Last of the night starts in 10 minutes. Better get on the bus now if you don't want to miss it. Wait, 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 Late wait. as always, John sprints for the bus, but it's gone before he can grab hold. Too much lurking, not enough cardio. Yeah, hey, yeah, go, go. I'll catch the next one. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's not really fine. We follow King Herod as he creeps through the darkness. But of course, he is creeping. We expect this from him. He's a timelessly infamous figure from the Pantheon of Baddies. Of course he's creeping. 
A stable stands in front of him, dimly lit, hay strewn around. He draws his sword as he rounds the stable. He spies dark silhouettes of a woman and a man. His sword shimmers. A manger sits on the ground, but we don't see what's inside. Standing over the manger, Herod draws his sword back and... <gasps> what's going on? Herod flinches at the noise and then notices hand-painted cardboard cutouts of Mary and Joseph before him. The stable is cheap plywood. He's looking at the set for a play, not, not that he really knows what a play is. He leans forward and discovers a plastic doll in the manger. Not that he knows what plastic is either. It's a tough day for King Herod. Learning's hard. Ugh, there you are. <gasps> a frazzled stage manager rushes in, wearing a headset and holding a clipboard. Herod brandishes his sword at her. Very funny. She waves dismissively at the sword. Thanks for doing this on such short notice. They, they want the king, they don't want the king, now they want you again. That's very nice. I'm looking for a baby king in a manger. That's what I told them. She scuttles Herod out of the gymnasium, closing the lights and the doors behind them. But you know them. We went seeker-friendly, so it's more lights, more smoke machines. You know they rented a camel? I still like the basic Christmas story myself, but hey, what do I know? Let's get you ready. Dozens of people emerge from the city bus, the three magi among them. Baz, Mel, and Casper stand now in front of a massive modern megachurch. Okay, he's gotta be here. She motions to a Star of Bethlehem sign. Mel nods thoughtfully and they make their way towards the entrance. Magi and the quest for Christmas will return after these messages. Hey guys, this is Julia from the band Lightheart. If you're looking for new Christmas music to enjoy with friends and family this year, you can find our all-original full-length Christmas album at lightheartmusic.com. That's L-I-G-H-T-H-A-R-T music.com. Or on any streaming service such as Spotify or Apple Music. Thanks and have a Merry Christmas. Welcome back to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. As the Magi enter the mega church in the midst of the crowd, they're drawn to a merch table in the lobby. They thumb through DVDs, t-shirts, and coffee mugs. Mel turns a DVD around to find a photo of a rock star Jesus wearing leather pants. A caption reads, This Messiah rocks. Mel's confused as he holds the DVD out to the others. Was it not prophesied that the Messiah would be an infant? Yeah, plus we never read anything about those pants. Alright, please. Are you ready for the greatest story ever told? Um, excuse me, can you help us? We have to find Jesus, the Messiah. That's right, hon. It's about to start. Y'all better go find a seat. From little baby Jesus, just a child in a manger, all the way to King Jesus, who saved us all. The Magi settle into seats near the back of the room. Baz signals to Mel and Casper to keep their eyes open. This is it. It has to be. I can't believe we're about to meet the Messiah. The lights go down. In a world ruled by sin and darkness, a world in need of a savior. Smoke machines flood the stage with fog because we all know that there's a fine, almost negligible line between the sacred account of the Savior's birth and a touring production of Laser Floyd. Ancient Israel, plagued by unrest, occupied by oppressive forces. Mankind is lost and hope is a forgotten dream. A silhouetted figure is raised up from the stage. The light show sizzles with anticipation. Where is our Messiah? 
who will save us? Families in the crowd grin with glee as the show begins. The Magi do their best to scope out the room, skeptical of what they're seeing. The silhouetted figure has finished rising from the stage. The music fades and there's a moment of silence. The lights go berserk. The silhouetted figure is revealed to be topless 80s Jesus with long brown hair, leather pants, and a long purple boa. is joined by backup dancers as he prances across the stage singing. If I may, the guys in legal wanted me to read this disclaimer. <clears throat> the views and opinions of 80s Jesus do not reflect those of Yeshua HaMashiach, only begotten son of the Yahweh, most high God, creator of heaven and earth. Furthermore, the wardrobe, hairstyle, hip thrusts, guy liner, and all other gauche anachronisms presented by 80s Jesus are not affiliated, associated, authorized, endorsed by, or in any other way officially connected with the Godhead, the heavenly realms, infinity, eternity, or any of its subsidiaries or its affiliates. Okay, on we go. Just wait here for your cue. The stage manager leaves Herod backstage and the confused king peeks on stage. What's going on over there? He sees 80s Jesus belting and stirring the audience into a frenzy and isn't sure what to make of it. I mean, I'm a high-ranking angel and I'm not even sure what they're looking at here. Then a flustered shepherd passes by Herod and approaches a tech guy, handing him a receiver pack for in-ear monitors. I can't hear myself at all. You need a fresh power source, bruh? I don't know. The tech guy opens the receiver's battery compartment and removes the dead battery. He inserts a new 9-volt and turns the pack on. Now I feel stupid. Yeah, that works. Thank you, Evan. Watching from a distance, Herod notices a little green light illuminated on the pack. Hmm. Herod's thinking pretty hard now. He pulls out the lifeless time orb that he found in the snow. Twisting haphazardly, he manages to open it up and find that it's powered by a 9-volt too, albeit a more, you know, futuristic-looking one. There's no way that's the Messiah we seek. The prophecy describes him as humble and meek. Yeah, this piece of work is about 30 years too old. We are wasting our time on this ridiculous display. The Magi stand and begin to shuffle to the aisle, apologizing as they climb over the rest of the audience in their seats. Uh, uh, sorry. Um, I can't see anything. Coming through, coming through. And so, we begin the epic narrative of our Savior, Jesus, the Star of Bethlehem. Welcome to Ancient Israel. 
Here in the dry desert, life is hard and the days are long. And yet even the poorest of peasants can afford body glitter. King Herod looks through a backstage road case. He finds AA and AAA batteries, but they don't match the 9 volt he needs. If Herod thinks batteries are cool, wait till he finds out about Amazon dash buttons. King Herod is startled to hear his name and scurries to side stage to get a better Let's view, listening carefully. King Herod heard the prophecy of a baby who would grow to be king. While climbing over congregants in their seats, Baz is alarmed by the mention Sorry, of King Herod. Shut up and listen. Herod grew mad with jealousy and set out to murder the baby. Okay, what's going on here? Had succeeded in his plot 2,000 years ago. Two thousand years? Oh no. Thank you for listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Stay tuned for Episode 5, where the Magi find themselves stranded and lost in the bitter cold and finally cross paths with a young mother and her son. Magi and the Quest for Christmas was written and directed by Francois Goudreau, with Andrew Collins and John Austin contributing to the radio play and additional story by Julia Appleton and Jay Nielsen. Original score composed by Michael Patterson and original songs provided by the band Lightheart. The production featured the voice talent of three-time Emmy Award winner Cam Cornelius, Khadija Tula, John Barker, Jacob Goudreau, Julia Appleton, Jason John Stewart as the narrator, and me, Mike Lane. To hear Magi and the Quest for Christmas again, or to hear what you missed, head to magipodcast.com. That's magi, M-A-G-I, podcast.com. Or you can also find the show on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening. Your life is far from meaningless.